As Christians, we want to hear from God and know that we're doing that which pleases Him. But there are a lot of other voices that call out to us, so how do we pick out and discern the voice of God from all the others? Well, that's our focus. Welcome to the Bible Studies for Life adult podcast. This is hosted each week by Chris Johnson and myself, Lynn Pryor. And we are in the midst of a study that's called How to Discern the Voice of God. And what we've done each week is we have address this issue of how we discern his voice by asking some questions, questions like, uh, is what we're hearing, does it agree with the Bible? Does it call me to trust God? Does it align with God's character? And so, Chris, what we want to do today is we're going to consider the question, does it honor God? This is kind of a heady, weighty uh, topic, the idea of of glorifying God and honoring God. And um, it's... um, it doesn't always feel uh, real, real practical, um, but it's it it's essential to discerning God's voice. Art is is what we sense that God is leading us to do. Does it honor and glorify God? Well, we can say that about a lot of things in our lives. Are is this what we're about? Honoring and glorifying Him. So uh, I, I hope this is a good conversation and is helpful to those who are listening to help make it more practical and understandable what we talk what we're talking about when we're talking about the glorifying God. Because when we talk about, well, it doesn't seem very practical to me. This is one of the most practical questions we can ask because we can, people think, let's talk morality, ethics. That seems very practical. But if what I'm doing is not honoring God, (laughs) I mean, that's the bottom line for me. It's got to honor God. Well, we don't use that term um, in, in our everyday lives. Um, No, we don't. Especially from a, um, theological perspective. So I'm glad we have a subject matter expert who can who can give us some direction today. Uh, besides Lynn Pryor, we have uh, another uh, person with us. Lynn, I'll let you do the introduction. Well, Phil Barnes is with us. Uh, Phil, thank you for taking the time to podcast with us. Absolutely. Glad to be here with you guys. Uh, Phil wrote the commentary that is uh, part of the, the Advanced Bible Study resource. It's, uh, uh, just bring you up to speed, Advanced Bible Study is a supplemental commentary that goes right along with these studies. Phil is a former uh, missionary, IMB missionary, and uh, served for 12 years in West Africa. Uh, but he's back in the States, back in, in uh, the, the blessed land of Texas, uh, serving as adjunct professor at Southwestern uh, and at Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. So, Phil, uh, you want to fill in any blanks that I left out there? We were we were 12 years total with the IMB, and it was broken up in a number of different places, uh, including Central Asia, West Africa and Eastern Southern Africa. Uh, so it was quite a few places. And then in between some of that time, I served as associate pastor at a church in Southern Indiana and uh, started kind of my my ministry in Birmingham, Alabama, where my wife and I started an apartment ministry as a function of our church while we were in college at, at Sanford University. And Phil, you have added one other thing to your ministry experience, and that is uh, becoming a writer for us. Uh, It feels fairly new to writing for Bible Studies for Life, but has done such an excellent job, and uh, we will be uh, reading and hearing from Phil in the future as well. Well, we are here to talk about the session, Does It Honor God? As we consider this idea, how do we discern the voice of God? Here's our focus that we want to keep focus on, and that is God's voice always leads us to glorify Him and accomplish His purposes. So to get to that point, to really help us understand that, we're going to be in a prayer, which is in John 17. 
But before I jump in and start reading uh, the first few verses, Phil, let's back up and let's just help us understand what is happening in the life of Jesus that leads right up to this prayer. Right. So um, Jesus had been giving his, uh, which I believe is the longest kind of continuous teaching that we have of Jesus. So go back and if you've got a a Bible that has Jesus's words in red, you can start turning back pages and you just see all of this teaching about uh, well, as Jesus is about to leave uh, earth, he's going to go die on the cross and be buried and resurrected and then ascend. And so this is kind of his last uh, time with his gathered disciples. And it seems like he is trying to give them the final pieces of information that they need and then he closes that time in, verse, in chapter 17 with this time of prayer uh, where he prays for himself, prays for his disciples that are gathered, and then ultimately prays for all believers, including us. Uh, and so I think it's uh, an important text for us to focus on when it comes to this idea of does it honor God because of how often he uses this phrase glorify, uh, may you be glorified, I have glorified, and so we can hone in on that question of does it honor God by seeing how it is that Jesus himself is going to honor his father, uh, and so it's an important question for us to ask as we look at this text. Well, let's just jump into John 17 then. I'm going to re- Let me read the first three verses, and then Phil, I'm going to turn it back to you and Chris. Jesus spoke these things, looked up to heaven, and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son so that the son may glorify you since you gave him authority over all people so that he may give eternal life to everyone you have given him. This is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God and the one you have sent, Jesus Christ. So in the personal study guide, uh, Richard Blackaby uh, defines somewhat uh, what glorify uh, means in this context is the the idea being to magnify um, or to lift up. Uh, he also talks about the fact that um, we, the purpose of that is to take a close look at something so that we see it clearly. So that helps me somewhat to understand what Jesus is going for when he when he uh, says, "Father, glorify your Son." Yeah, when we think about the word glory, is uh, that it has this connotation of, of weightiness. And so even the, the book, The Weight of Glory by, by Lewis is getting at this idea that the concept of glory throughout scripture is the idea of how, how much weight something has or the, the weightiness that it carries. And so we can think about that in terms of radiance and majesty and power and, and uh, when we talk about glorifying God, we really are talking about recognizing the glory that's already there because God is God. So it's not like we're adding something to God that's not there because we can't do that, but we're just recognizing and reflecting the glory that is already there. And hopefully what one of the results of that will be is as we're reflecting God's glory at or reflecting his radiance is that people are going to be drawn to that. They're going to see, oh, the majesty, the radiance, the glory of God is going to be attractive to people who who see it, people that don't know it, and that they see it, and that people are going to be drawn to that. So 
one of the central ideas of does it honor God is that we're uh, thinking about when we when we honor God, then uh, then others are going to be drawn to our our reflection of God's glory. And it's fascinating, Phil, in light of that, that here's Jesus, he's, and, and, and he says here, glorify your son so that the son may glorify you. Yet the greatest way Jesus glorified the father was in a way that people think is unglorified, and that was the cross. I mean, here he was in his, uh, just in this state of crucifixion uh, that the people would didn't want to even look at it was it was such a torturous thing yet this is the place of great glory for god and that just kind of flies in the face of how the world thinks people ought to be glorified and lifted up absolutely and and yet we have again a consistent testimony throughout scripture that that when christians suffer well when they go through times of trials and times of suffering the way that christians respond to that shows their treasure is elsewhere and that and that they're what they're glorifying what what they're glorying in is something beyond this temporal experience of of suffering so right so for the joy set before him christ goes to the cross so it's it's actually what we end up with especially i think maybe particularly in american culture is a really short term term kind of perspective on thing. And so we think that this experience that we're going through in the moment is all there is when in fact Christ knew that there's glory beyond that immediate experience of the, of the cross. And that's that he's going to gather all of these worshipers to, to the father. And so that's the joy that he had set before him. And what we see in this passage here is that, of course, Jesus is bringing honor to God, that he brings glory to the Father by giving eternal life. So we put this in our terms, we bring glory to God when we share about the eternal life that God offers. uh, We're to be like Christ in in the sense of following him. Now, I can't offer my life uh, as Christ did, but I can point others to the life that that what Christ did for us. So that's how I bring honor to him. So let's talk a little bit. Um, one of the questions that we ask to make this real and practical for them is um, how, how does honoring God uh, with our lives help to lead other people to the Lord? Another question was, how, what are some everyday things we can do to glorify God? So um, these questions, I hope, will, will get people to, uh, we need to deal with the big picture the important theological emphasis of what Jesus is talking about when he says glorify me and I will glorify you but what are some things and and I'm asking this because I want you guys to respond a little bit uh, what are some everyday things we can do the people who are listening to our podcast what are some things we can actually do that honor and glorify God well, I think that's a, a, a well-stated question because when we think of what are some things I can do to glorify God, m- most people, our minds kind of go to, well, I guess I need to go teach a children's Bible study group or, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I need to I need to go a- accept that uh, invitation to serve as a deacon or I need to go witness, which are which certainly ways to honor and glorify God. But it's the fact that those everyday things we do. And for me, Chris, it just comes down to, it's not necessarily I change the things I do, 
but it's my attitude in the process of doing that that honors him. When I just just barely miss getting, go, getting to go through that green light, I get stuck at the red light. What's my attitude? And it's those things like that I realize is a witness to others around me who might be in the car with me to see how I respond and how I don't react you know, in the way that other people do. I find those are the little things I can do that can honor God. Bill, I think it was you uh, who wrote and, and talked a little bit about the significance of obedience and of us loving God. And I know you referenced the great uh, commandment and the uh, great commission. You want to speak about that a little bit? So I, I think it gets to what Lynn is talking about in terms of we often know the things that we're supposed to do and we can do those things. We can actually do those things in a way that doesn't honor God. So we can be externally obedient, but we do it in such a way that God's not glorified by our actions because we're doing it in a way that is kind of self-promoting. So it can be, oh, uh, I'm going to share, you know, I'm going to love my neighbor, but I'm going to need to make sure that everybody sees me on, on Instagram, <laughs> loving my neighbor. Um, I'm going to go on a mission trip. And the most important thing is that my Facebook timeline is curated so well that everybody sees it. And so I think, and, and again, we're, we're kind of reacclimating to the U.S. culture and, and things, but as I've stepped back in and after 10 years gone, step back in and seeing how much emphasis is placed on these kind of social media things and everybody tries to curate their life to try to display the life that they want people to think that they have. And I think that's just where if we're as much of a danger as anything is being careful that we don't do things that are externally quote obedient, but there's this internal kind of disconnect because of the motivations that we have for doing it. Uh, yeah, hundred percent. And so, so we're not glorifying Christ at all. In fact, we're glorifying ourselves, uh, trying to draw attention to ourselves. So as we do those things, um, there's, an, I think we need to develop a habit in ourselves of just becoming increasingly disinterested as what other people, as other people reflect on that. Now, of course, there's also the challenge to, to uh, you know, have a good reputation with outsiders and all the rest. So I, I don't want to dismiss that. I don't think we need to be like arrogantly dismissive of those kind of things either. But I just see at this kind of cultural moment, 2022, we're in this time where we're, we're a little bit too concerned with our with our presence online or or, or whatever. So I think that's a, yeah, our platform. So it's just something to check our own hearts with to just act ourselves as we are doing these things. Um, what is our motivation? What are we trying to, uh, are we trying to glorify Christ or are we trying to glorify ourselves? You know, as we see in this, that, um, you know, here, here's Jesus. He brought honor to God by making salvation possible through the cross. We bring honor to God by pointing others to that cross. But with that, I also want us to see that we honor God when we continue the work he has given us. Now, I want to get us back into John 17 and to see Jesus talking about the work that he completed. Uh, let me pick up in verse four. Jesus said, I have glorified you on the earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Now, Father, 
glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world existed. And I just see in that that here's Jesus is saying, I've, I've glorified you by completing the work I've done. And I realize for me, I need to honor, honor and glorify God by just completing the work that he has given me to do. So I want us to talk about that, uh, about Jesus completing his work and, and what that means for us to be faithful, to see to completion what God has assigned us. But let's talk about the theological dynamic here where Jesus re- references um, <clears throat> Uh, that that returning to uh, uh, that position, that place of uh, his his preexistence. Uh, Phil, can you talk about that a little bit? So it's you know it seems like what he's talking about is the the after. It's it also interesting, right? I have glorified you on earth by completing the work that you gave me to do. Of course, at this point, he actually hasn't gone to the cross and died and risen again. But it seems that it's so solidified in in his mind that he has committed himself to this that he he's speaking of it in the uh you know perfect tense i have glorified so there's there's that and then he is going to uh return uh glorify in your presence with that glory that i had before the world existed so we're going to see that in the ascension of course is that he goes uh and ascends back to the the right hand of the father and I, th- I think that's what he's getting at is uh, once he completes the work on earth, his work uh, of then sending the spirit, which is going to be after he ascends and he's going to tell his disciples, right, that if it weren't that it's better for them that he leaves. I remember the first time I read that I was actually talking about Ridgecrest Baptist Church there and and Birmingham. I think that was the first place I kind of read that and it hit me. Because I used to always think maybe as a teenager and, and younger that, you know, it would be, I'd be, this Christian life thing would be so much easier if Jesus would just hang out with me and I could just go, if he lived in the room next door and I could go ask him questions, this would seem like it'd be a lot easier. And then you come across that and he's like, actually, it's better off. It's better off for all of you that I leave. And why is that? Because he's going to send the helper. He's going to send the counselor, the spirit who's going to come and, and, and advocate for all of these things and guide us in truth and all the rest. And so I, I think that's an amazing thing that the work he completed on earth, but then he goes and continues to do this work uh, by, by sending the, the spirit who then dwells in us. Uh, so I, I think that his, he goes back, he, he ascends back to the father, but his work is still ongoing in us and he still comes to us day in day out convicting us through the spirit uh, uh prompting us to to these acts of obedience and like len said the small things in life where you're going about your daily life and you just feel a prompt by the spirit to go you know knock on your neighbor's door and see if they need any help with anything to uh to go knock on your teenager's door and see if you can help them with their homework i know the, these kind of quote small things in life that if we're sensitive to the Spirit's leading, uh, then those little steps of obedience can be ways that really glorify God as well. John begins his gospel with the prologue by talking about Jesus, um, that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and he existed uh, before the world began. So uh, I, I want us to make that connection with what Jesus said here, because I think there's a lot of people that don't necessarily 
make those connections. So um, we uh, we see in uh, something like Mormonism that uh, explanation about who Jesus is and that he was in their belief system that he is a created being uh, as opposed to that he is God who has existed from the beginning. Um, I don't, I'm not sure that uh, the people in our groups connect those dots and understand that, that Jesus is God and has always been God and now is preparing to return to the place that he had before um, all of this started. Right. I want us to see the practical implication of this uh, for us. Uh, if we're to follow the, the example of Christ, what Jesus is saying now to the Father, hey, Father, I have completed. I'm done. I mean, I'm, as I said, as uh, Philip pointed out, it's not done yet, but in his mind, it's determined. It's going to happen. Yet that call for us to see through the work that we do, but in a way that honors God. I think there's a lot of us that we take on a task, whether it's a responsibility in the church, uh, something we know we need to do in ministry, and we do it because we're supposed to, because we have to. But I think the way we do it, even though it may be Christian work, we could do it in a way that doesn't honor God. Uh, I'm reminded of what Paul said in Romans 12, verse 11, you know, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. So as I complete these tasks, it's not like, well, I kind of just checked it off my list. Okay, I taught that class or I did this, uh, I fed these people, but I do it with a real desire out of love for these people and a love that honors God. Uh, I think that's important for us in the work that God's called us to do individually. One of the questions we ask is, what are some examples of work that God has called us to, God has called us to complete? And uh, that that idea of being faithful, seeing a, seeing assignments through to completion, uh, Richard gives a couple of examples of that in the personal study guide. So um, I, I think I think there these are some practical ways to get at uh, what Jesus did. He gives us an example that we need to do the same to do the things that and and do them well, complete the, the assignments that God gives to us. All right, so let me take us to the third section of, of that we're looking at in this passage of John 17. And what we're going to pull out of this is this idea that we honor God when we pray for others and we disciple others. So let me see how we pull this out here. Let's be, I'm going to get in verse six. I have revealed your name to the people you gave me from the world. They were yours. You gave them to me and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you have given me is from you because I have given them the words you gave me. They have received them and have known for certain that I came from you. They have believed that you sent me, and I pray for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, because they are yours. So here we see Jesus praying for his disciples, and again, referencing uh, the things that he had talked about in that final discourse. Look, guys, if the world hated me, uh, they're going to hate you. You're going to face some of these kind of same difficulties. You're going to face persecution. I think there's just this whole di idea that that uh, that God has always had a people that he's that have been have been his people and that he has worked through them in a special way. Um, so you can go back to, of course, the garden, go back to Noah and his family, the call of Abram, 
and then the development of the people of Israel and all the rest is that God has always had uh, a subset of humanity. There's a sense, of course, in which all of humanity are God's children and the fact that he is their creator. But there's another sense in which uh, there are only these people that he has kind of called out and made his own, calls them a holy priesthood, uh, uh, you know, uh, um, a, a devoted kind of set apart people that are that are his. And uh, that's the way that God has always worked from, from the beginning of scripture. And so here he's, Jesus is saying, uh, they were yours, you gave them to me. So there's this group of people that, that now God is working with. But then, as Chris has said, if you keep moving through, even through this prayer, and certainly through the storyline of scripture, it's going to be, but these people that were set apart for me were set apart for the purpose of making my name known among all peoples. So it's not, again, the the motivation here is not, oh, we're set apart by God, therefore we should feel good about ourselves, uh, but to whom much is given, much is required. So you've been called out, you've been set apart by God for an assignment. You, you've been called to the ministry of reconciliation to, to make this gospel known to peoples and places all around the world. And I think that's the way that God works from the beginning, that the, the, the people of God that he has set aside for himself, that it's never about that people. It's always about God's greater glory being made known among all kinds of people. And then as Christ ambassadors, as his representatives, we are to do the same as he has done, where uh, I love the fact he prayed for these men, uh, these these disciples, and pointed out he had, he had discipled them, he had taught them what he was to teach them, and that call on us to be like Christ and to minister to those he has placed in our path, those that we're called to disciple and to mentor and to help as well. And if, if you go back to the beginning of the whole discourse, right, in John 13, where the last thing that Jesus does before he starts uh, teaching, giving all this teaching, is what? He washes the disciples' feet. So the, the, this whole lengthy discourse of teaching is preceded by this servant leader demonstration, which Again, we I think we lose track of just how scandalous this would have been at that time. You know, Americans, we have this fairly kind of flat, kind of hierarchical, uh, egalitarian structure of leadership. So your boss is just your just the guy that signs your paycheck, but he's not necessarily considered higher than you. But and Jesus is in culture and so many cultures around the world today. This was utterly scandalous for the for the teacher to, to get down on his knees and wash these nasty old feet. So he's he's setting the stage for this whole teaching by by showing that that he's 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 a servant leader that he has he has stepped into a role that is uh, that that is uh, setting a model for them that so now that you're being you're taking this gospel into the nations you're going to be doing that in the manner in which I did it which is a servant servant manner. Jesus wasn't subtle about that. You know, as as I've done for you, you also are to do for one another. Uh, and then you see this throughout his teaching. Of course, now this prayer, too. If I'm to be like Jesus, I'm, I need to pray a prayer. I need to pray like he prays, praying for God's glory, yeah. praying for those that God's put in my path, those I disciple. Pray for them and intercede on their behalf. So uh, so there's unity because unity is a part of this prayer. Uh 
there's just a call for me to honor God as I pray and disciple them. Guys, this has been a good conversation. My hope is that those of you who are listening to our podcast, that this will be a benefit to you as you prepare uh, for this study. Uh, I hope it will give some clarity. I hope that it will uh, help you just to think through some of these dynamics. Some of you are leaders of groups. And uh, our hope is that some of our conversation will help you uh, as you share with your group. So uh, let me remind you, as you wrap up uh, your discussion with your group, be sure to spend some time looking at that Live It Out page. It has Richard Blackaby has given us some application ideas that I think are very spot on tied to what we've looked at in this prayer of Jesus's. Uh, Two things in particular that just jump out at me. He calls us to intercede. Let's pray for others. Pray for them by name, asking God to work in their lives in a way that brings glory to God. And also, even as we intercede, there are also the idea we ought to disciple others. Honor God as you disciple and lead others to a deeper walk with Christ. While we get involved in doing those things, we truly will bring honor to him. Uh, Phil, thanks for joining us for this conversation today. Yeah, happy to be here. Thanks for asking. I have certainly valued your insights. And Chris, value your insights too as well. And uh, we're glad you all both joined us for this podcast. And those who are listening, I hope you have a great Bible study this week. <music>